and welcome to We Are Marvel, where we explore all the corners of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are the official podcast of the We Are Marvel Facebook group. Go join that group now. Or <laughs> else. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jeremy. I'm your other host. My name is Justin. Yes, still got him <laughs> to do what I do. I knew what you were doing. <laughs> like, I was... I was waiting to match your nonchalant hippie energy you had going at the beginning. I was like, cool, man. We got yeah, man. We got this show. But you switched it up be... on me. Keeping it yeah, I was wondering if you would follow or not, and you did. That's what I do. That's I don't bring much of anything to this show, but I at least I want that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so as you know from the title, we will be talking about the movie Ant-Man today what yeah I, this one this one i have actually haven't watched in a while but i'm, I'm really glad i did because it was yeah, a lot this of fun is, i like this movie but it is the one that i probably watched the least other than like thor 2 yeah and there's no real reason for it it's it's a solid good movie but it's just yeah. i think it doesn't bring a lot to the world aside from him yeah and him having that loose connection with falcon therefore teaming up teeing him up for civil war which yeah. i mean just just awesome i'm gonna get to that I'm next ready. month yes i'm pretty excited about that yeah. it's gonna be fun yeah. uh but yeah so we're, we're gonna get into this movie um for anyone that's new to the podcast uh what these movie episodes are is we just kind of give a it's not always too brief i was gonna say brief but not always brief <laughs> a rundown we, we give a rundown of uh you know who wrote it who it stars the release dates all that kind of stuff kind of like the back history of it pre-production production production, that kind of stuff then we'll talk about the movie a little bit we're not going to go shot for shot or anything like that um then we get into some fun facts and easter eggs at the end but it is we just go straight spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie i mean go watch it then come back and listen you'll have a much better time gonna have a good time (laughs) right (laughs) gonna be cracky good all right let's jump into this all right uh, so Iron Man, he is armed with a super suit with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength. Oh, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to start that over. <laughs> I thought you were doing a I dramatic continue... pause there. And... I was, but it doesn't work. <laughs> then I saw the light was... leave your eyes. Fade <laughs> <laughs> to darkness and slowly die. <sighs> All right. I'm not going to edit that out either. We're going to leave all this in. Uh, so armed with a super suit with astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, cat burglar Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Dr. Hank Pym, pull off a plan that will save the world. Aside from Pym is not really his mentor, Yeah, <laughs> I don't see a problem you had with, with what that said. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and as even as I was reading, I was like, he's not really his mentor. But no. maybe he is his mentor now. His good buddy that kind of blackmailed him into helping him. And yes. now he has the hots for his daughter. All correct. <laughs> but he is also mentoring him to now take over the Ant-Man facade. So I think it's still Maybe works. if it said his <laughs> soon-to-be mentor or his new mentor after the fact... That's a given. Yeah, obviously. obviously. You know, I remember when this was coming out and people, because I mean, I'm the Marvel guy at at everything I go to. 
And right. so people are like, Ant-Man, really? And I was like, just oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's going to be great. It's going gonna, it's gonna to And this was before I knew Age of Ultron was going to be Stark and Banner creating him. I was like, just wait. This is oh, a big okay. deal. They're going to create. <laughs> just, it's, just wait. And then, of right, course, right. they did Age of Ultron. I went, it's still going to be good. <laughs> it's cool. Like, it's a cool character. They're going fun places. Visually, it's going to be amazing. And that's pretty much all I can say about it now. Is like, it's fun, cool character. Visually, it's amazing. Unlike anything else we've seen. Even since, yeah. like, the sequel didn't even really do what this one does. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're completely right in that. Yeah, because... It... Not to stop the not to I never get tired of hearing but... that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I thought you said, I'm getting tired of hearing that. I was like, what? What did I say? Just... Oh, <laughs> he didn't say that. Of course he didn't. Of course, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I think you're right. And again, I don't mean to bash this movie, but that is really all it brings. I mean, it's, it's a fun action movie that brings in this new thing of being able to shrink and grow and stuff like it's not it doesn't bring in the main villain of anything it doesn't do anything like that but it's still a really fun movie and i really enjoyed it i think it's part of the problem with knowing what the finish line is it's like Mm. if you don't have an infinity stone or a power level at this point that's gonna matter much it was like okay well i I don't like i'll watch it obviously and enjoy it but it's like it's not Doctor Strange where it's like, he has the time stone. It ends up not mattering at all that he has it, but he has it. Right. That's, that's important. Fair. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, and I think we might have some, some answers to why that is as we jump into this movie. Yeah. So let's Are do we, that. Yeah, okay. I was say, we can get into it when we actually get into the production, because I know this one had a bit of a, a ride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get we'll get into it as we go. So I'm just gonna start reading words. Okay. Okay. I'm <laughs> gonna just stop interrupting then. Oh. Wake me up when you're ready for and, me. <laughs> and I never get tired of that. <laughs> All bad. All right. So so this was directed by Peyton Reed. Uh, the screenplay was by Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, and Paul Rudd. It is starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Bobby Cannavale, or is it Cannavale? I don't know I like how to pronounce the, it. I like the sound of Cannavale. I do too. Uh, Michael Pena, Tip T.I. Harris, Anthony Mackie, uh, Wood Harris, Judy Greer, David Dastmalchian, Polka Dot and Michael Man. Douglas. Huh? You got Polka a better pronunciation? Yes. <laughs> that is not a better pronunciation, but that is the same no. person. <laughs> The release date is June 29th, 2015 in Dolby Theater, which is in Hollywood, and July 17th, 2015 in the United States. And it had a budget of 130 to 130, sorry, 130 to 169.2 million, and it earned 519.3 million, which is not bad for an Ant-Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we're going to jump into a little development. So development of Ant-Man film began as early as the late 1980s. Long time ago. Yeah. Uh, when Ant-Man co-creator Stan Lee pitched the idea to New World Pictures, Marvel Comics' parent company at the time. However, Walt Disney Pictures was developing a film based on a similar concept, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and although Ant-Man went into development, nothing ever actually came of it. 
In 2000, Howard Stern met with Marvel in an attempt to purchase the film rights to Ant-Man. That Gross. would have been interesting. Gross. <laughs> um, in May of that year, Artisan Entertainment announced a deal with Marvel to co-produce, finance, and distribute a film based on Ant-Man. In 2003... <laughs> you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Uh, in 2003, Edgar Wright and his writing partner, Joe Cornish, wrote a treatment for Artisan with Wright explaining that it resolved it revolved around Scott Lang as a burglar, quote, so he could have gone slightly in the Elmore Leonard route, unquote, though Artisan wanted. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, though Artisan wanted the film to be, quote, like a family thing. Oh, All right. that's a clear direction. <laughs> that really is. I can I can see where problems arose. Oh, that's only the beginning. I see. Uh, however, Wright believed that the treatment was never sent to Marvel. Interesting. A year later, so now we're in 2004, the duo pitched the film to Marvel Studios' then head of production, Kevin Feige. What? Hmm. And in April 2006, Marvel Studios hired Wright to direct and co-write Ant-Man with Cornish as part of the company's first slate of independently produced films. Wright would also co-produce the film with his big talk production partner, Naira Park. Um, at the 2006 San Diego Comic-Con International, Wright said he was intrigued by the story's high concept and character. He also stressed that the film would not be a spoof, but an action adventure with some comedic elements and would incorporate both the Hank Pym and Scott Lang incarnations of the character. Okay. This is what's so crazy is that like this film was announced in the initial announcements of what Marvel Studios was going to do. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then it took another nine years for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. We'll, we'll get into it more because I yeah. it's yeah, but well. Um Wright said that he was looking to quote do a prologue where you see Pam as Ant-Man in action in the 60s in sort of Tales to Astonish mode basically and then the contemporary sort of flash forward is Scott Lang's story and how he comes to acquire the suit how he crosses paths with Hank Pym and then in an interesting sort of Machiavellian way teams up with him unquote. that's okay. kind of what we got yeah uh, the next February, Wright said that the project was in, quote, a holding pattern while the script was being revised and that he had been doing research for the film by studying nanotechnology. Interesting. In March 2008, Wright said that the first draft of the script had been completed and he was working on the second. Stanley tweeted in February 2010 that Marvel was prepping the film and that he met with Wright for lunch to discuss the character. Yes, the key, the years just keep on going. Yeah. That's what's like, no offense, but Ant-Man's not that hard a nut to crack. Really yeah. not. Like, you look at this movie, it's like, I could write this in a weekend. Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. I can at least get you a rough outline. Like, this is... And this is I where I get... Like, people are always like, God, I wish I could see the Edgar Wright version. It's like, yeah, I kind of do too, but he had 10 years to do it, <laughs> and he couldn't figure it out yeah or you know he kept prioritizing other things over this and it's like yeah it would have been great but i also want to see the damn movie like, <laughs> yeah. you're not making the first avengers movie which would take this long to do and didn't 
Right, right. It's Ant Man for fuck's sake. Get it out, and then we can move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Wright noted that there was no timetable for the film because Marvel did not consider the character to be one of their bigger tentpole properties. So, quote, it's more like me and Kevin Feige saying, let's make a good script that works. That's all about a great genre film. And that isn't necessarily relying on anything else. So maybe Feige not pressuring more could have been an issue too, but... Yeah, it's like no one's really knocking at my door to get this done, so I'll get it done when I feel like it. Yeah. All right, so now at the 2010 San Diego Comic-Con... Wright remarked that because his film would be an origin story and would not be released until after the Avengers, the first Avengers film would not include Ant-Man, although Wright acknowledged that the character might appear in future Avengers films. I wonder if it will. Took a while, but yeah, kind of. Yes, it will. In January 2011, Wright stated that he had resumed writing the script for the film following the conclusion of the international promotion for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. We're just now releasing that in this time. <laughs> in my April, movie. it is. I love the movie. It's great. Hmm. Uh, in my April, he and Cornish delivered the second draft of Ant-Man to Marvel. Just the second. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that same uh, 2011 San Diego Comic-Con right revealed a third draft had been handed in. That's right. A third. <laughs> And in May 2012, Feige said that the project was as close as it's ever been, while Wright teased the film by tweeting a pictogram of Ant-Man. I want to just throw this out there. The phrase, as close as it's ever been, is not (laughs) (laughs) confidence-inspiring. I think I remember seeing that when I was following the news for that convention and going, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What, what And then still having that feeling 10 years ago, almost to the date, going... It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, no. We can do this. Oh, man. All right. So now it's June 2012. Wright spent just under a week shooting footage for a reel that would be used to test out the potential look and tone of his movie, as well as to decide how convincing Ant Man's powers look on screen. All right. We're getting somewhere. Uh, so the test footage was screened to audiences during the Marvel Studios panel at the 2012 San Diego Comic Con with Wright confirming that Ant-Man would be happening. It's happening, everybody. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reed said the costume design was influenced by Asian tokusatsu superheroes, such as Ultraman and Inframan, which I, I do see it. The helmet, for sure. Well, in that test footage, if I remember correctly, is essentially the gun sequence in Ant-Man. With a little building? No, when he like when the security guy's firing at him and he shrinks and oh, crawls he on the gun and jumps on top. The, oh. Yeah, yeah, that was the footage, and then okay. he grows big, and then you see the back of him, and he kind of turns his head to the camera, and you get that side view of the helmet. It is uh, very cool. I, yeah, yeah. I love and it. it. Made me go, oh, I can't wait to see this movie in another <laughs> three years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that October. Disney scheduled the film for release on November 6, 2015. Okay, we got a release date. Which Feige stated accurate. in... No. Well, it gets <laughs> pushed around here and there. Yeah. Um, so Feige stated in January 2013 that Ant-Man would be part of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and indicated in May that the screenplay needed to be modified in order to fit into the universe. 
as the project had been in development before the first Iron Man film. Yep. That's just gross. <laughs> like, Iron Man is tough because you have to make Tony Stark a character you don't want to die within the first 20 minutes because he's such a jerk. Hulk's right. tough because we've already seen a bad version of that more yeah. than once. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Feige also stated that shooting was slated to begin sometime in 2014 and that casting would begin towards the end of 2013. Now, in July of 2013, Wright said that he and Cornish had completed the script for the film and that Marvel allowed him to delay its production so that he could complete The World's End, as the film's producer, Eric Fellner, was diagnosed with cancer. That one I got, because it was like, hey, we want to get this done while this guy's still around for him. And that was the one delay. I was like, okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know. And it's been so long. It's like, all right, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in August 2013, after Joss Whedon, director of Avengers, Age of Ultron, announced that Hank Pym would not be Ultron's creator, Wright said Ultron was never part of the story of Ant-Man, explaining that just to sort of set up what Ant-Man does is enough for one movie. Okay, just write the script then. Do it already. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Wright described Ant-Man as a standalone film, but said it would fit into the larger continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, explaining, quote, I like to make it standalone because I think the premise of it needs time. I want to put the crazy premise of it into a real world, which is why I think Iron Man really worked, because it's a relatively simple universe. It's relatable. I definitely want to go into finding a streamlined format where you use the origin format to introduce the main character and further adventures can bring other people into it. Okay. A standard superhero movie. Yes. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Make a superhero yeah. origin movie. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Solid. Uh, right. Also stated that pre-production for Ant-Man would begin in October and filming would begin in 2014. Now, the next month, Disney moved the film's release date up to July 31st, 2015. Still not What I know, <laughs> yeah. but they're getting closer. And what I love is that even at this point, spoiler alert, Wright is still involved. Yes, he is still writing and directing this movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, the, the turnaround for this is just thinking back on us like, wow. We were know. this like, close, and then he went, well... <laughs> all this build-up, and then we're right there at the last he bit. Even ca- like, like, I know we'll get there, but like he even cast the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, so now we're going to jump into a little pre-production. So that was just development of the movie. Now we're into pre-production stuff. So in October 2013, Wright revealed that he was in Los Angeles to work on Ant-Man. All right. By tweeting a photograph from the production of the June 2012 test reel. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Paul Rudd were soon being considered for the lead role, though Gordon-Levitt dismissed this consideration as a rumor. Wouldn't have been bad. I love Paul Rudd in this, but I I like Levitt, too. So that would have been an interesting way to go. I agree. I'm glad it went this route, Mm. only because I like it. Yeah, if I didn't like I, it, then I would have made, been like, well, what if, I, if that would have been better? I think Levitt, it would have been much more straight laced. Mm, it mm. wouldn't have been as funny. Yeah, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but right. 
so Feige stated that Ant-Man would be a heist movie and that casting announcement for Hank Pym would come before the end of 2013. The next month, Feige stated that Eric O'Grady's Ant-Man would not be featured in the film, while Rudd became the frontrunner to play Hank Pym and casting for the character's girlfriend had begun. Yes, that's right. Mm. <laughs> you heard that right. I know. And in December 2013, Wright, a fan of the comic book since childhood, owning copies of Tales to Astonish number 27, featuring The Man in the Anthill, Storyline, and Marvel, Marvel premiere number 47, featuring the first appearance of Scott Lang, stated that differences between Ant-Man and other films featuring size changing is other shrinking movies are usually about somebody trapped small. This is different in that he can actually change size and he can do that at will. So it becomes more of a power than an impediment. Which is fair. I can agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Also, like he's trying to intellectualize this too much. Probably. And that's the feeling it got throughout, like, just watching this as it was unfolding. It's like, he's wanting this to be this auteur, dark knight kind of thing. And it's it's not, though. Yeah. But <laughs> and I mean, it doesn't it need is, to be. No, but it is what he's done with all his other movies. Like, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, all that kind of stuff. Like, he has this main character that also thinks that, like, he is the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, I mean, he kind of is. Yeah. And it's like I, I I can see it, but I agree. It's also like that's not the case here. <laughs> like settle down. <laughs> like Marvel does some amazing stuff, Winter Soldier, Endgame, but it's Ant Man. Yeah, <laughs> let's just get him out there first. <laughs> right. Also talked about the challenge of directing a superhero film, saying Shot and Hot Fuzz and World Ends are all R-rated films. I like the challenge of making a PG thirteen film. Because you got to entertain in a different way. You don't have the same tools. You can't swear and show blood. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> That's pretty much what yeah. you're limited by there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, by December 19th, Red was in negotiations to star in the film. And Marvel announced that he had been cast as Ant-Man the next day. Hmm. And in January 2014... Wright posted a screenshot of his blog from the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes episode to steal an Ant-Man, which features Hank Pym and introduces the Scotland character with the caption, Homework. Okay, okay. It's a good episode. Yeah, nice. It is and pretty Michael much the, the movie. In, okay. <laughs> in a 22-minute nutshell, that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> nice. Uh, Michael Douglas was subsequently cast as Pym, with Rudd confirmed to play Lang. Oh, that's how it works. Okay, okay. Nice. Michael Pena was offered an unspecified role in the film, and filming was scheduled to take place at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville County, Georgia, while Disney changed the release date once again, moving the film up to July 17th, 2015. We did it. There we go. We're finally on track. <laughs> yeah, so glad that Michael Pena is in this. He's so much fun. Yeah. Small part, but I love it. And the next month, Evangeline Lilly entered early talks to portray the female lead, and Wright announced on his blog that Bill Pope, who he worked with on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and The World's End, would be his director of photography. Cool. Um, By March, Wright and Cornish turned in a fifth draft of the script, 
amid alleged disputes on the direction the script was taking. That's <laughs> so crazy. Five. Uh, and on May 23rd, 2014, Marvel and Wright jointly announced that Wright was leaving the project due to, quote, differences in their vision of the film and that the studio was closing in on a new director. This is nuts. Like, we're literally a year away and change from the movie coming out. And it did come yeah. out on that date. And yeah. we're like, yep. yeah. And we've cast people. And yeah. eh, we're going to go ahead and pass. I feel like he wanted it to be its own thing. That's exactly Ooh. what it is. Like, yeah. he wanted his own movie in his own little bubble. And by that time... And this is what I how I felt about when it happened. Is like, if you had actually done this back in 2009 when it was a first supposed to come out <laughs> fine like you know you could do that mm -hmm. but six years later when the engine's halfway down the fucking track <laughs> you can't say oh well i want to make this its own thing yeah like, you, you just can't do that it's no, not, we're in we're, a universe now yeah we're building so much bigger now <laughs> yeah like we can't just let you do your own little auteur thing for ant-man a character we could probably not even introduce and no one would notice. No offense. But, uh, I mean, like, that's fair. I mean, they found a way in Ant-Man and the Wasp to make him more relevant, but yeah. would it really be that big a strike if he wasn't in it? No, they'd find another way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not making yeah. Iron Man or Captain America or Thor where they need those characters in that universe. Yeah. Take <laughs> I just don't get it. I know. It's crazy. Um, so on the split, Wright said, quote, I wanted to make a Marvel movie, but I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. He also added that at one point, Marvel wanted to do a draft of the script without him, which was, quote, a tough thing to move forward. As Wright has written all the previous films he drafted or he directed, excuse me. Um, he continued on, suddenly becoming a director for hire on it, you're sort of less emotionally invested, and you start to wonder why you're there, really. Which, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you get, like we were just saying, like, you get part of that machine where it's like, we just kind of pump these out now. Yeah. And you're taking 18 years to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the majority of rights... Kind of timetable. No. We'll be 24 films in by that point, and... Uh, the majority of Wright's crew also left the project in the wake of his departure. By May 30th, Adam McKay had entered uh, negotiations to replace Wright, but he pulled out of negotiations the next day out of respect for Wright, who was his friend. Um, on June 7th, Marvel announced that Peyton Reed would direct the film, with McKay contributing to the film script. McKay felt that this was a perfect result, since he would not be replacing Wright, but was able to help Rudd, who he was also friends with. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, later in June, Feige stated the film was still intended to be released on June 17th, 2015, with the production slated to begin on August 18th, 2014. I gotta say, <clears throat> I'm amazed that this movie is as good as it is. With know, all with, of this concern. With all this? Yeah. <laughs> like... And, and yeah, I, that's I, a I month. Think... I just put like he was announced. Uh, oh, I was trying to see what this was. I read that wrong. I was trying to think of 
by the time he was announced to when it was actually going into production, so two months. It was announced in, in June that he was going to replace him, and it was going to begin production in August. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. like, uh, I, I think the reason that it worked out is is, is because they, they used most of his script. Yeah. So he was, And that's really what helped. I had a problem with Peyton Reed, where it was just like, he's essentially a placeholder. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until Ant-Man and the Wasp where it was like, okay, this is actually what he does. Everything else was, this was Edgar Wright's movie, but Peyton just rolled the cameras. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I I don't think they could have done it any other way, really, though. (laughs) It wouldn't have been good. It would have been delayed yet again. Yeah. Uh, Feige elaborated that, quote, much of the movie was still based very much on Wright and Cornish's draft in the DNA of what Edgar has created up to this point. With Reed stepping into direct and McKay reworking only parts of the script, um, Reed wanted to be sure that he wasn't just inheriting something or following someone else's lead or wasn't inheriting something that the evil studio had watered down to be something bad. Feige continued, he looked at everything. He talked with us and he said, number one, I agree with the direction you're going in. And number two, I can add to it. That's good. Yeah. And number three, I don't have a choice. (laughs) Yeah. This is my way in. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, McKay confirmed that Rudd helped him rewrite the script, calling Rudd great with dialogue, adding the two of us holed up in a hotel room on the east and west coast. And I think it was like six to eight weeks. We just grounded out and did a giant rewrite of the script. I was really so proud of what we six. did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I was really proud of what we did. I really thought we put some amazing stuff in there and built on an already strong script from Edgar Wright and sort of just enhanced some stuff. All right. Now, Rudd elaborated, uh, quote, the idea, the trajectory, the goal, and the blueprint of it all is really Edgar and Joe. It's their story. We changed some scenes. We added new scenes or sequences. We changed some characters. We added new characters. I took the two scripts and held them up together They'd be very different, but the idea is all theirs. <laughs> I feel like, not to crone on about this too much, but it really seems like Edgar Wright just had the bones of what he, like the basic steps of how to, what he wanted to do, and nothing mm-hmm. else worked. Yeah. And it was, it took <laughs> five, six drafts with other people fixing it to be like, okay, this is making this an actual movie that people would watch and enjoy. Yeah. And, it, and we did. So, hey, way to go. <laughs> um, some additions to the film that had not been featured in Wright's version included Janet Van Dyne, The Quantum Realm, and a fight with an Avenger. According to Reed, the Quantum Realm was the MCU's version of the Microverse, which could not be called that due to legal reasons. Okay. The alternate name was suggested by consultant Spiros uh, Michalakis. Sure. I'm going to go with that. Uh, He is a quantum physicist and staff researcher at the California Institute of Technology to, quote, inject elements of modern physics into the script. I like I like it when it'll yeah. real world stuff is a thing. Mm-hmm. Reed also offered contributions to revise scripts, uh, to the revised script, as did Lily and Stoll, 
who contributed ideas to help flesh out their respective characters. Lily's character received a fuller arc and more action sequences as a result. One of the important things when joining the film was Reed emphasizing both Hope and Janet Van Dyne more, given the Wasp being a crucial part in the Ant-Man comics. For their efforts, McKay and Rudd were credited as additional writers of the screenplay, with Wright and Cornish credited for the screenplay and story. Wright also held an executive producer credit on the film. Hmm. And one last little tidbit here I thought was interesting. Uh, Armin Zola from Captain America the First Avenger and Captain America the Winter Soldier was considered to make an appearance in the film with concept art created depicting him as his, in his robot body from the comics. That would have been sweet. I, I thought you would have loved that. I know you're, you're a big fan of that. Yeah, if they had found a way to bring in AIM, and, well, I guess he's more Hydra, but just to, I don't mm. know. I don't know how they would have done it, but it would have been cool. Yeah. I'd love to see those those video or, um, yeah. images. Concept art, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's in the book. Mm, the art of maybe. book for the movie. That's yeah. one I don't own. I was going to say, is it on the shelf? <laughs> no, not... I have the Captain America's, the Avengers's, and like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Right. I try not to get them all because they're expensive. That's fair. All right. We're going to do a little bit on filming and a little post-production. And then we'll get okay. into the movie itself. Sweet. All right. So as far as filming, uh, so principal uh, photography began on August 18th, 2014 in San Francisco, as we mentioned before, under the working title Bigfoot. Nice. Yeah. In October 2014, Martin Donovan was added to the cast, and Feige revealed that Ant-Man would no longer start Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and would instead be the final film of Phase 2. Yeah, when they first started this, they were like, the Avengers movies are going to be the capper for each phase. Mm -hmm. And which was obviously the case for Phase 1, but that went right out the window immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is no longer the case because no. it's not with phase two and it's not with phase three. No. We'll see about phase four, but probably yeah. not. I feel like it's <laughs> gearing up to be that because phase four seems really loose and fluid at this point. Right. Where like they could be like, oh, we're doing another six movies and shows for phase four. Then we'll get to an <laughs> Avengers in 10 years. They're pulling <laughs> an Ant-Man here with, with the next <laughs> Avengers. <Yeah>. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I already read that part. Yeah, that was the phase three. Okay. Uh, when told by Slash Films Germaine Lucier that this placement between Avengers Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War made the film feel like an afterthought, Feige replied, It's not an afterthought. The truth is the phases mean a lot to me and some people and some people, but Civil War is the start of phase three. It just is. And Ant-Man is a different kind of culmination of Phase 2 because it very much is the MCU. You meet new characters and you learn about Hank Pym and his lineage in, with the MCU over the years. But at the same time, it also picks up the thread of Age of Ultron in terms of heroes. Major heroes, Avengers, coming from unexpected places. And in that way, it connects a lot. Also, Hank Pym's attitude towards Avengers, towards S.H.I.E.L.D., and kind of the cinematic universe in general is much more informed after the events of Age of Ultron and in a certain way before the events of Civil War. True. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Feige also later explained or expanded on this by saying 
We put Ammon at the end of phase two as opposed to the beginning of phase three because it sets up a lot of the things you're going to see heading into phase three, one of which is this mind-bending, reality-altering landscape in Doctor Strange. And finally, on December 5th, 2015, Reed announced on social media that principal photography on Ant-Man had been completed. Woohoo! It happened. We made it, everyone. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, this always happens. Now we're going to get into a little post-production. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So following the completion of principal photography, Marvel released an updated synopsis revealing that Jordi Malia was included in the cast and the names of several supporting characters. However, well, I, th- I pronounced it Malia, but I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. M-O-L-L-A was the thing on top of it. Mo- yeah. We'll call it Moya. All right. uh, Moya subsequently did not appear in the theatrical release of the film. All right. Reed explained. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll just read this. And I think it sounds like it could have been interesting. Hmm. Um, but I also understand why they took it out. Yeah. But here we go. Reed explained that the film's original opening, which was filmed and cut in the editing process, featured a standalone sequence similar to the opening of a James Bond film, where an unseen Pym was attempting to retrieve some microfilm from Malia's, from Moyes. I, that's the third different pronunciation, I'm sure. Moyes character. One of those is right, or all of them are wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from Moyes character, Castillo, a Panama Army general. Reed huh. stated that the scene was going to show Ant-Man's powers without seeing him almost like an invisible man sequence. And it's really, really cool. It started to feel totally disconnected from the movie we were making and story wise. And it also kind of like it set us. That doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Let me try reading that differently. Yeah. <laughs> it also from the movie. kind of like totally tubular. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of what he says disconnected from the movie we were making and story wise. And it also kind of like it set a standalone adventure, but it didn't just connect to the rest of the story. It felt like vestige of those earlier drafts by Ryan Cornish, which as a standalone thing was really cool. It was just a weird sentence. Yeah, it's just the way that someone talks and they started a thought and then stopped and went, well, like kind of like this. Yeah, it's just hard to read. (laughs) And I just can't read anyways. So I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> in March 2015, Haley Atwell confirmed that she would reprise her role as Peggy Carter in the film. Which was cool. Mm-hmm. And in April 2015, Reed stated the film was not completed yet and would be undergoing, quote, a little bit of additional filming, which happens all the time. There's always reshoots and stuff like that. Like, but for hey, this we're going to go in this It direction. just made you go, Ugh. oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Not again, please. Just get it out for Christ's sakes. <laughs> All right. So in June 2015, Feige confirmed that the character of Janet Van Dyne would not or would be seen, though the film would not address Pym and Van Dyne's infamous domestic abuse storyline in the comics, saying, quote, we hint at a Templar in a way that people would know the stories might go. Oh, perhaps that's a bit of Hank's character but not in a way that would ever indicate he beats his wife which i'm That's okay fair. with yeah yeah i think that was the best way to go because if you do that like hank is just an immediate pecker hit like he's a jerk in these movies but yes. if you go oh and he also beat janet like there's no 
redeeming there. Yeah, it's like, like why do it we worked care in the books, guy? kind of, but people still don't like Hank Pym. Right. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, also, in the months, Reed confirmed there would be a post credit sequence, quote, that may tie into the other films. You think? And I think at this point, they all really did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this one is an exact scene from another movie. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not really a post-credit scene. It's just, this is a scene from the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> I get reve- Actually, I think I have it here. Uh, yeah. If I get revealed, the post-credit sequence was footage shot by Anthony and Joe Russo for Captain America Civil War, saying the clip would be seen in that film, though it may be different takes, different angles. Which is true. I think yeah. this is the only time where it's literally a scene from another movie. Yeah. I'd have to think about it, but like all the other ones, like they bring in the director of the next movie to do these all the time. Yeah. But there are always something different that don't appear in the next movie. This was literally a scene from Civil right. War. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, on June 25th, 2015, Reed announced on social media that production of Ant-Man was officially completed. Woo! All right. Reed also said that the end of the film originally had a sequence where Ant-Man went after Carson to retrieve the stolen vial of Cross's particles. But then for a couple of reasons, it felt like maybe we should leave those particles out there. And never Which, touch upon them again. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of forgot all about it, but like, are they ever going to do anything? Because they, they don't in the second movie, as far as I remember. And with what they're doing in the third, I really doubt it. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of other ground to cover. Yeah, and it is Marvel. They could bring something out of nowhere and we'll be like, there it is. There's that payoff, finally. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, they could always do the next version of Ant-Man once Paul Rudd's gone. Mm. Or if his daughter actually does become Stature and it could be one of her villains, picks him up. Yeah. That's the beauty of these movies. It's like you can make a Ten Rings movie, you know, five, six years after the fact. And it's like, okay, that that works. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So that was kind of the uh, pre-production and uh, that kind of post-production stuff about the movie. Um, and we are now going to talk about, well, not now, but right after this short little break, we're going to talk about the movie itself. So we'll be right back. See you then. Hey, everyone. Jeremy here. I just wanted to ask if you could please share this episode um, at anyone, really, your friends, family. Uh, if you can just take a second right now, hit that share button, send it to someone you think that might enjoy it. It would really help us out a lot. And if you can follow us on all of our social medias, we are Marvel Pod. Thanks, everyone. Hello, we are back. Thank you for sticking around. Missed you. Not you, yes. though. Oh, <laughs> what a heartbreak. All right. But yes, no, thank you for sticking around. It was just a short little thing uh, we have there. We're not going to get into the movie itself. We're going to do, as I mentioned at the beginning, just going to do a little bit of talking points, not going to go yeah. through the movie shot for shot or anything like that. Um, I have a few things here. I did send you a copy. I don't know if you've had a chance to yeah. open it. Looking at um, it now, that's why I commented it's a very short, like an Oh, anime. that's right. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you see what I did. All right. So the Ouch. first thing I have is oh, the de aging still looks great. I didn't know what that word was for a second, even though I typed it. Yeah, I, I love the de aging in this. What's the de aging? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what was I trying to say? <laughs> yes. 
the de-aging it still looks good today like i it, yeah. it it's very good and I there's some it. wonky stuff around his mouth yes but all in all it looks pretty amazing yeah it really looks like it's a younger him yeah and gr- like you know, growing up when we did we saw the de-aging or the de-aging if you will <laughs> uh from x3 that looked made patrick stewart look like a cheap toy mannequin face <laughs> yeah and it's so like bad. it's not that so it's no. good it's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i remember when i first watched this, i was like damn that looks really good like how did they do that and it's just the technology they, they figured it out mm-hmm. and it just gets even better because they do it again you know later on like even the next one and it looks even better yeah that's right it is the next one yes mm-hmm. the next movie or the next ant-man because they do it in both uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there de-aging in Civil War? Oh, yeah, there is. With, uh, um, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot about that. Yeah. The Mysterio setup that wasn't intentionally a Mysterio setup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um. All right. So I'm just gonna keep going off my notes unless you you have something to chime in with. At the time. They're kind of in order of the movie. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I kind of write them down as I'm watching the movie. That's fair. Um, I put on here that I loved the way that they showed how smart Scott Lang is by not letting any of the unknown setbacks while breaking into Pim's house hold him back. Just the, the whole, hey, there's a thumbprint reader. Oh, man, we didn't know about this. Oh, it's okay. I'm freaking yeah. smart. I got a way to get this. Yeah. It's a little far-fetched with why is the thumb on the doorknob in that spot and why is the thumb even on? I don't know. But it works, and it's cool how he figures it out mm-hmm. so quickly. I, I love that. Um, when it makes him more interesting in general like just from the Mm -hmm. comic standpoint i've never i've never read a lot of ant-man in general but i've just like we were talking about earlier with the ultron stuff and all the extra layers they've added to hank over the years he just has always been more interesting to me and scott seemed like it well this is the next guy like he was a crook and then he did some shit and now he's ant-man and now he's not anymore and someone else is and it's like okay, like when I heard they were doing Scott Lang as the ant, the main Ant Man for this, I was kind of disappointed, almost because oh, okay. like I want a Hank Pym movie. That's the Ant Man right. I know, and that's the one that seems more interesting. And they kept being like, "Well, he's not going to invent Ultron. Now he's not going to be the main Ant Man, and it's going to be Scott." <laughs> and it's like okay, <laughs> and then all the what? stuff we just talked about. It's just yeah. like, can we just get this fucking movie out already? I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, can we get this train wreck going already? Just get it. Over. And it, it, I. And it wasn't a train wreck, which is great. A Thomas the yeah. train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever. I love yeah, just that the, scene. The, we'll get to that later. Yeah, the different stuff like that. And even the the safe, he's like, oh, it's the whatever safe. like this Metal from crack, the Titanic but... and shit. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's okay. I know what to do. And just grabs these like normal household things, mostly. He does have the nitrogen and drill. Yeah. But, I mean, he was ready to break in. So I don't know where the nitrogen came from. I think he brought it. I would think so. That doesn't and, seem like... I mean, that, that is something Hank would have, but given that he was right. hiding his science stuff, yeah, it's not like he would just Maybe have it's, it on the counter. Yeah, it could be something that you would use for like the, the, the uh, locking mechanism itself, maybe break, yeah. break it like that. So, But I, thought, I just thought it was so cool that he's like, oh, it's fine, I, I got this. Like, let me just grab a few things off the shelf here, mm-hmm. and I'm getting in. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just loved how it showed how, how good he is and how smart he is and just able to work that quick on his feet it's really cool mm-hmm. and next thing i got here is they did a great job showing how small he is and this is the uh the bathtub scene 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they showed your age about how small he is and how um, it would look from such a small perspective. Like everything is just so much bigger and more detailed because you're right up close to it like that. I just thought it looked cool. And even the shrinking thing, which I think I mentioned later, is actually sort of taken from the comics, the kind of different mm-hmm. body shapes. It all looks great. Like I love it. It looked yeah, amazing. it's definitely a nice kind of homage to the books where it's you get that sort of wave effect of always oh, this size, now this size, now this size, now this size. But it's all in like a silhouette kind of thing until it yeah. gets small. And yeah, I mean that's it's why I think I like this one more than the sequel. Because this feels like an Ant Man movie, whereas the sequel feels like they tried to do this again and but he's big now. And we don't really do Ant-Man stuff. We do Giant-Man and the Wasp stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and and I get it. You know, Ant-Man's one of those characters where it's like, he was Ant-Man, then he was Giant-Man, then he was, you know, Yellow Jacket, and then he was something else. And it's like, he's progressed and changed a lot over yeah. the years. And having to hit all of those for an Ant-Man fan is important. But this one feels like this is an Ant-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Without Wasp, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I guess we get the original Wasp because that kind of jumps into yeah. my next thing here. Is I wish that we got more flashbacks where we did get to see the original Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did love that little bit that we got, but I I think it would have been cool to see some more just because it's it's fascinating to see like how this shrinking technology still worked back in the the sixties, seventies, eighties, all that time. Like I, I just thought it was cool to see that. Yeah, and it's nice to be like there was something between Cap and Mm. Iron Man. Because at this point we didn't have Captain Marvel in the nineties. So it was nice to be like there were there were heroes in that gap. It wasn't just we had Cap in the forties and then nothing for seventy years. Yeah. It made it feel more real. Yeah, and I even I even liked at the beginning where they they showed the old video and they were like oh but this was just propaganda right mm-hmm. like, that is how they would try and hide that like it's, yeah. it's this isn't real like obviously not yeah we I, don't have any yeah. other superheroes he's dead or on ice or something yeah <laughs> that was cool yeah uh the next note i have here which we have to talk about is the fight with falcon it was great and i love the line it's very important to me that cap never finds out about this <laughs> i love it. it it was so cool to see and to see hey it's an actual avenger it's someone that we've seen before we just saw him i thought it was so cool to see that kind of stuff it would have been funny if in civil war cap gave him shit about it like when he yeah, like, brought up scott like isn't this the guy that beat you up on the roof yeah he's like <laughs> wait you knew <laughs> that, that, yeah that would have been awesome <laughs> but it just was a, just, just great little nod yeah it was a clever way to be like this is how they're gonna tie him in because, you right. know, so I mean, we knew Civil War was next. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so this is how he gets folded in to the rest of the universe. And he's not just off on his own island. He's yeah. actually going to be somewhat involved moving forward. Yeah. Because he is one of those characters, like, I mean, we joked about it earlier, but he is someone you could, before this, kind of lift out and you wouldn't notice. Yeah, absolutely. Or with this it's like okay he has something of a relationship with one of the avengers and then his technology becomes important moving forward Mm -hmm. yeah i like it 
Um, what do I got here? The break in. Okay, so yeah, the break into uh, which I think is PIM Technologies, but Cross is kind of taking over, trying to change it. Where they break into that building, and and again, Scott showing his quick on the feet, being able to improvise. Where mm-hmm. he's now tripled security and closed off all the vents. But he's like, well, we can just get into the water, like just mm-hmm. so quickly being able to go. I I have another way already. Right. That's, that's another cool thing to show. Mm-hmm. That was great. The whole breaking in was great. Um, the fight with Yellow Jacket, I loved. Um, and I, I, I just love the way they show the shrinking and growing and the gun scene that we talked about, and all that kind of stuff where he can just on the on a whim just grow, shrink, goes wherever he needs to. I, I love it. And I know we saw it in the montage and all that, and how he's yeah, getting that, better. The training better. montage was nice. It was a yeah. nice way of kind of showcasing for people who didn't know what he does mm. and why and bringing in the ants which is another thing that's kind of put by the wayside later on yeah. like, there's a reason he's <laughs> called ant-man and it's not just because he shrinks it's like he can talk with them and use them and yeah like it's part of who he is yeah it's nice it to actually cool. see that yeah and i think they did a great job of showing like i how this is cool like you might not think it is like oh he can shrink and then get back to normal size like that doesn't sound cool the way he does it is that and that's what was nice i was saying earlier like i was trying to hype this movie to be like there's a reason this is going to be cool (laughs) like yeah it's ant-man which sounds pretty dumb but just from a visual standpoint it was nice that they pulled it off because i i felt like gratified like i was right like (laughs) i i wasn't you know, saying, "Oh, it's going to be so cool," and then it was like, "Oh, yeah, it's it's a movie. It they made yeah. it. it. It exists yeah, now." He did shrink and grow, and you were yeah. right about that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but the, you... that was what was nice. Like they found a really cool way, and I kind of felt good about it because of that test footage from earlier. Like it was that gun barrel sequence. Mm-hmm. It's like I know what this could be. Right. If they do this for the whole movie, this could be really fucking cool. And that's essentially what they did, and it was really fucking cool. Absolutely. It really was. Yeah. And uh, my last note here before we get into the after credit stuff is that I, I love Luis and his storytelling. It's, it is so hilarious, and I was so glad to see it again. Mm-hmm. Just the, the way he talks, and I, I guess uh, Pena modeled it off of a friend that he has that kind of talks really quick like that. And so I love that. I love Michael Pena's friend for for bringing this to the movie. It's like, it's just fun. It's a fun way to show it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The final battle is worth talking about. I thought that was fucking awesome. It's cool. The the idea that it's this cool train fight and they're, you know, it's this epic seeming thing. And then they pull back and it's a train, a toy train that just falls (laughs) off the tracks. Yeah. That was fantastic. It was. Yeah, the only thing I the, don't like is was the giant ant. It was kind of dumb. Yeah, I but I agree. Um, it did. I mean, it did have the, I think one funny line mm-hmm. where it runs out of the house and he's like, "Damn, that's a weird looking dog." Yeah, weird looking dog. A funny looking dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I mean, that one line was funny, but uh, yeah, I don't think it was worth. And he's still around, as far as I know. I know yeah, he's in a, Ammon yeah, and Wasp, the, but I don't know yeah, if he's it's still the same ant, unless he got yeah. blipped. I never came back. <laughs> That's true, because ants can get blipped too. I didn't even think about that. Oh man. It just blew my mind. <laughs> That's what I do. Poor ants and birds and all that. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Uh, you want to jump into the after credits? 
Sure. I think I just said Z after credits. Well, <laughs> we're doing a lot of fun stuff with pronunciation this episode. So, uh, so the uh, which I think we call the mid credit scene is uh, mm-hmm. where Hank is talking about how they had this prototype suit. He opens the door and it's the wasp suit mm-hmm. that is now uh, it seems like it's to be going to Hope, which yep. is very exciting. And to me, and, and I love the line, it's about damn time. But to mm-hmm. me, for some reason, I just had the feeling like this is what Terrence Howard wanted. Yeah, He was hoping for this scene, but instead mm-hmm. he got the next time, baby, and there is no next time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, so, I, for me, that's just the, the feeling that I kind of got from this scene. <laughs> it was definitely a like the polar opposite of like the when that happened in Iron Man, it was like, well, that's never going to actually happen. Yeah. We thought that, that, yeah. that it was in 2008, but it never actually happened. Yeah. But this time it was like, oh, it is, it's a thing. Like Marvel knows what they're doing now. They got yes. these contracts and a plan. This is yeah. actually going to happen. Yeah. I was excited by it because it was like, Me oh, too. cool. This is what we're going to get next. We're, we mm-hmm. are finally, because I remember Joss wanted to use Wasp in Avengers and they said no. Right. Yeah. Because of all the Edgar Wright nonsense. And so <laughs> yeah. it was like, finally, we're going to see, it was like a relief, you know, like I was saying, like I followed this drama of this never ending, you know, development hell. And it was just this sigh of relief to be like, it's happening. It's, it's not, you know, my new favorite thing or anything, but it's actually coming out. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. It was, that was nice. cool. It was. And it looks like a cool suit, which it turns out mm-hmm. to be very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the after credits is uh, I got here Bucky in a vice, Captain Falcon talking about Tony and the Accords. Mm-hmm. And Falcon says he knows a guy. And he we knows. know that guy. He knows. We did. We just saw that guy. Yes. Now I got a and quick question while, while I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> Do you think that this specific scene is before or after? The end part where Michael Pena is explaining how the Falcon is looking for him. It'd have to be before. You think so? You think so? You think Falcon is looking for him before? Yeah, you're right. I think you're right because they're in another country at the time. Yeah, well, because because uh, hmm. my only thought That's is like, why is he looking for him? Hmm. Huh. I just, yeah, I just kind of thought about it after. That's a decent question. Yeah, because in hey. the, that's almost a, huh. I never thought about it, but yeah, because in the context of the the post-credits, he's looking for him to help at the airport. Yeah. But they're in, you know, another country at the time, so they wouldn't be in New York or wherever he was on that bench talking to that reporter. Yeah. I wonder if he was talking or looking for him just in general because Maybe. he broke into an Avengers compound. Yeah, that could be it. And hey, do you know anything about this guy? Do you know where I can find to find him so I can find him without yeah. him knowing? Yeah. Or that at least you know, get the no pun intended feelers out there to get some info on him to make yeah. sure he wasn't like, yeah, he seemed like a nice guy, but he just stole from our compound. Yeah. And all this wacky shit just happened. Like, is he a good guy or not? Yeah. And then he finds out the info, so he's comfortable using him in Civil War. That's fair. Yeah. I, I think that's... I think that's the route I would go as well. I yeah. like it. Yeah. All right. 
Because, yeah, he couldn't have been looking for him for Civil War because he would have been in another country. So he couldn't have yeah. had that scene on that bench. Yeah. And he's, he's not like, well, I'm just going to fly back home real quick. No big deal. <laughs> Find this one guy who will yeah. help for this one scene and then yeah. come back and help out. <laughs> All right. So that is the movie. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. And, and if I were to just hear all the stuff going on before, all the issues, the 13 script rewrites, all that <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, this is not going to be a good movie. How could it be? But it was. It was a good movie. Yeah. I don't know if it was a great movie. It was, I no, think, it's just, good it's a solid really effort. Good. Yeah. yeah. I had fun with it. Well, like I've said, you know, after Winter Soldier, they hit their stride. And it was like, they just did hit after hit after hit. Some are better than others, because that's just mm -hmm. what happens. They can't yeah. all be A-pluses, but they've all been good. Yes. No. Yes. Good, no more Thor good the to, Dark Worlds. Good to great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to jump into uh, what I call fun facts slash Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to just read one after the other like we normally do? Sure. Do you want to break or you want to start? Uh, I'll start, man. Keep these uh, vocal cords strumming. And, Ed <laughs> and Edgar writes drafts. Darren Cross's alter ego would have been Nano Warrior instead of Yellow Jacket. Uh, the drafts also featured a car chase sequence. Um, and as far as I can tell, that there, I did not do a good job typing. But as far no. as I can tell, <laughs> Nano Warrior does not exist in Marvel. So I'm assuming. Yeah, that's a name that I hadn't heard of. I was think. I mean, they pull out random one-time characters all the time yeah but yeah no, no i'm so glad like i would have liked to have seen it but i'm so very glad that things turned out the way they did because i don't yeah. think i want edgar right in this universe <laughs> like I, I i love his other films yeah i, I really do i just I don't like, know i like them as friends but you know they're <laughs> it's sort of an interesting I mean, yeah. I'd like to see it just as a right. side project, like a yeah. If this Zack was Snyder an independent, yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. glad things worked out. After the <laughs> film's release, Hope Pym was introduced into the Marvel comics as Nadia Pym. Nadia is Russian for Hope, apparently, and daughter of Hank Pym and a Hungarian scientist. Yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah. And Edgar Wright himself selected Paul Rudd for the role of Scott Lang based on his natural charisma, which would make Scott likable despite being a criminal in story, which That's I think right. works because he he definitely yeah. does have that charisma and and all the little bits of of him being cool work mm -hmm. yeah because it's just Paul Rudd and yeah I mean he is a criminal like he just got out of jail like mm -hmm. normally people don't like criminals but it's paul rudd like he's gonna like him it's it's the downing effect like he's so charismatic you can't help but like him and you know it's don't this movie is so lighthearted anyway that mm. the things that he does don't seem that bad like yeah, yeah he's a criminal but he's fun <laughs> so it's okay yeah he, he's not killing people and sheep and goats and lambs and all that for no fun or no reason that's Darren Cross. He's the psychopath here. Yeah, he's, <laughs> which is a little bit too much sometimes. Uh, Peyton Reed originally wanted Rick Moranis, who's known for portraying Wayne Slazinski in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, to film for a cameo, which would have been great. I'm yeah. surprised they didn't, but I don't think he does stuff anymore. Yeah, I, I think he might have just recently came back. 
Yeah. Is he in the um, new Ghostbusters? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. Obviously, I haven't either. But that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah I would. I don't think it. he acts just, anymore. Yeah, just to just see like a show a close up of his face and just like looking like Uh-oh, yeah. I've been here before. <laughs> After Ant Man like shrank right before his eyes and gone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, did I do that? <laughs> I would have loved it. Um, the size shifting VFX, uh, or, or I mentioned this before, the, the outlines left by the body on shrinking slash growing were taken from the original Ant-Man comics and was influenced by stop motion and multiple exposure shots. Yes. Cool. At the beginning of the film set in 1989, the Triskelion is being constructed. The building was S.H.I.E.L.D.'s main headquarters in Captain America Winter Soldier. That was a nice touch for me. Yeah. Seeing the Triskelion after we just saw it get, you know, whomped on a bit in Winter yeah. Soldier. It's like, oh, oh it looks that's... the same when it's being built and when it's being destroyed. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They just handed over the footage and just put it in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And at around 32 minutes, Garrett Morris, who portrays a cab driver in the film, appeared as Ant-Man in Saturday Night Live. Uh, Margot Kidder slash The Chieftains, which is a 1979 sketch, which was the first live action appearance of the hero. I thought it was strange. Like, like he's not a super well-known person, but I do recognize him from other things. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, why is like, why'd they use this guy? <laughs> for this like it's just a random scene but this makes sense so it was kind of like a like hey you played him first so Mm -hmm. let's have you in the movie a little yeah i remember seeing that when the movie came out of like oh this is why this guy's in this and Uh, it's a dumb sketch but it's it was a nice little like someone (laughs) recognized that ant-man was a character even back then yeah at around 11 minutes, Darren Cross jokes that the concept of a shrinking human sounds like a tale to astonish. Ant-Man made his debut in the comic Tales to Astonish, number 27, from January 1962. Darren Cross shrinks a chair as part of a demonstration. This was taken from the same comic, where the first thing Hank Pym shrank was a chair. That yeah. I did not know. Yay! I, I knew the Tales one. to Astonish thing, because it, it was given. Yeah. But the chair thing's a nice touch. Right. Uh, posters for Pingo Doce, the Brazilian soda company Bruce Banner worked for in The Incredible Hulk, can be seen in the San Francisco scenes. I didn't. I wish I would have known that part before I actually watched it, just so I can mm-hmm. look for them. Did you? Did you happen to see them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. I, I I forgot that that was a thing, but yeah, I've, yeah. I, I remember noticing them in one of my viewings. <laughs> Uh, the laser sounds fired from Yellow Jacket's suit are the same sound as the main gun on the AT-AT, or AT-AT, being fired in the Star Wars movies. Yeah, I had to include it. It's a Star Wars thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when Paul Rudd told his nine-year-old son he was going to be Ant-Man, his son said, Wow, I can't wait to see how stupid that'll be. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. I was like... It just seems like, yeah, Paul Rudd, you're funny. I can see your kids being funny. (laughs) (laughs) I had to include that. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Last one, Falcon's role in the plot came about after Adam McKay and Paul Rudd went to see Winter Soldier and fell in love with the character. They casually suggested working with him, working him into the plot, and Kevin Kevin Feige informed them that it would be actually make perfect sense since Falcon was now living in at the new Avengers compound 
as of Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. So it's not going to happen until they saw the movie. We're like, hey, I like him. Yeah. Like, well, he hey, you can use him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what's I, cool. I, I love Marvel Studios. Like, they're just like, hey, let's have this person in this movie. That's yeah. Like, it all yeah. works. I don't see a problem with that. It, yeah. it actually helps us. <laughs> yeah. You've figured out a big problem for us. That, that works yeah. perfectly. I love it. So yes, this was Ant Man. Um, we we both really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good movie. It's a solid movie. Oh yeah. Um, so we would love to know what you guys think of it. Was there anything you liked, didn't like? Um, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. In the uh, appropriate places where the ad break suggested you go. Yes, and I'll mention again at the end here. But yeah. uh, before I do that, Justin, what are we going to do for our next episode? Well, Jeremy, we have an exciting month ahead of us. Oh my! With three, possibly four, depending on what you do, uh, things that we're going to be talking about. Next up is Hawkeye, which ended yes. a couple weeks ago. Uh, then Eternals comes out January twelfth on Disney on Plus. Disney Plus so, yeah. So I'll finally get to see that. But I've seen uh, Spider-Man Finding No Way to Get Home. But I don't think you have yet. I have not. I am going tonight, five o'clock. Oh, nice. Got the tickets. Yes. Sweet. So I, was actually, I have a little story about that. If you, you sure. you're interested, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good, but uh, so I. Yeah, my plan was to. Are. Yeah, my plan was to go before Christmas. Just didn't work. When I looked for tickets, they're only bad seats. I'm like, I don't want to go in a bad seat. I can wait a little bit longer. Nothing has been spoiled yet. <laughs> So then I thought, really? okay, well, yeah, that's impressive, I've, dude. I have shut down social media. Okay, I've snoozed. All right, so here's everyone. all the stuff that happens. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I know. You. No. <laughs> um, so then the week before New Year's, I'm like, okay, well, I'll go this week. It's gonna be a light week for work. Hmm. But then on Sunday, I get a message from my boss saying, "Hey, we're in a tight spot. I need you to cover the mid shift, which doesn't get done till 5:30." And in the theater that I'm going to go to, two showings, five o'clock and like 8.25. I have a child. 8.25 is too late to be taking her somewhere. And after the movie, it's too late to be picking her up. Like, <laughs> just doesn't yeah. make sense. And you're so old it, and stuff. And, you know, it's like we need I to am like, also get old, home yes. <laughs> but that, we weren't going to mention that. Yes, hey, I'm too I am old, old to do that shit. Yeah. But, but then it's, uh, so then I'm like, you know what? New Year's Eve, wife, we're going to dinner. You know, the daughter is already going to be somewhere. She wants to stay up late anyways. You know, it's the new year. It's a good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just go that night. And then she tells me, okay, I'm like, well, you don't sound too excited. She's like, no, we'll, we'll go. So I get the tickets. All right, we're set. Huh. And then she tells me about how, well, I just thought it'd be fun if we could take her over to our friend's house because there's going to be other kids there. She'll have fun. So then fucking softy dad over here is like, <laughs> yes, that would be nice. Instead of just leaving her over at your brother-in-law is to play with her cousin <laughs> and we're going to a fun thing, going to a movie. So then I ended up working it out so I can get a reimbursement ticket for another t- day. So then oh, we use that. I don't think they did that. Yeah, I didn't either, but that's okay. I'll do that. Yeah, fine. I'm not going to lose money. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, okay, well, we'll just go Saturday, you know? And I go there, look at seats. They're all like front row, right corner, like, nothing good like damn it like sunday like yeah here's the here's the seating i'm like done those take those two seats okay (laughs) 
so that's how i got to going tonight yes today is sunday as far as we're so goes. proud of you i'm excited yeah. for you to finally fucking see it because there's so like i want to talk about it <laughs> sorry and... i know i am excited too it's happening though okay we got the okay. tickets it's happening got the babysitter it's gonna be nice good. Yeah, yeah I found. I, I won't go into details, but I found a way to see it, um, in a quality yeah. that I didn't prefer, but it's better than nothing. So but, I've seen it a couple times. You're gonna see yeah. it tonight. Yeah. So it'll be Hawkeye next week. Eternals yeah. the week after that. Right. And No Way Home, if we have time, will be fit into January. If not, it'll be first thing after February, which our next movie is the start of Phase Three: Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, Which is actually a, kind a, of fitting because that's the first appearance of Spider-Man. So perfect. either way, it's it's going to work out. So soon yeah. we'll finally get to talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, it, it is a movie-heavy month, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to finally, even though I know most of what happens in Eternals because of spoilers, <laughs> I'm excited to finally see it. I'm, I'm excited to see how different it is than uh, you thought it was going to be and, and how much the spoils really spoiled the whole story quite a bit so keep quite, that in mind as you're bit. watching it <laughs> yeah so you can you can tell us like hey here's how spoiled this movie was for me yeah. i knew about <laughs> this i knew about this i knew about this i won't say anything on here until we're actually doing it in case someone avoided them bravo yes. yeah i got stuff spoiled for me in titles of articles which yeah. pisses me off greatly yeah <laughs> so i'm telling you i snoozed every single thing on facebook like I even saw one that was a Star Wars group that kind of started a hint towards something. I was like, "You're now getting snoozed for thirty days." <laughs> <laughs> and, and luckily on Reddit, there's a lot of spoiler tags, so I don't even mm-hmm. if I see anything Spider-Man, N.W.H. No, like anything, I'm like, keep going. So that's the thing. Um, like one of the news sites I go to is really good about saying spoilers and not putting stuff in like the pictures that they use to promote the articles. The other side I go to just says, here's what's going on, folks. Here it is. Hope you watched it. Yeah, you didn't? Sucks to be you. (laughs) That's the title. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, So, yes, that's it for this week. Um, We'll catch you guys next week for... What was it again? I already forgot. Okay, yes. I actually really liked it, but we'll get into that next week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you do want to get a hold of us... Let us know what you thought of this movie, ideas for another show, episode, I should say. Um, you can reach us. We are Marvel Pod on all the social media. We are Marvel Pod at gmail.com. Um, we've also got our website, we are marvelpod.com. That gives you links to uh, where you can listen to the show. It gives you a link to our T Public page where you can get some merch, mm-hmm. get a shirt, a cup, a pillow. Yeah, we can get all that stuff. It's weird. And sleep on our faces. Wouldn't that be fun? And wake up and drink a <laughs> cup of coffee out of us. Uh, yeah, that was weird. We you are can the do best it. part of waking up. <laughs> we are marble on the side of your cup. <laughs> all right. So get a hold of us however you want. Please mm-hmm. share this episode or another one that you enjoyed with a friend. That really helps us out a lot because then mm-hmm. it gets us new listeners, new people. Yeah. Um so that's the that is probably one of the biggest ways that you could help us. Yeah. Um you can also give us a rating or review wherever you're listening to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So until next time, I've been Jeremy. And I've been Justin. Bye. Bye.